Good morning. If you have your bulletin, I want to encourage you to get out your notes, and uh, they're a little more vague today, so there's a lot more work on your part taking sermon notes. As Josh mentioned earlier, we encourage everybody to check in on Facebook if you have a smartphone. Again, I'm not that smart, but again, we encourage everybody to do that. And just a reminder, we're, having, we're hosting a Grandparent Summit Coming up in October, it's going to be kind of a nationwide simulcast. We're one of the locations. And so anyway, if you sign up before next Sunday, you get a $14 discount. Just write the, the code thank you there. Love to have you come, all right? And so again, just a reminder, and hopefully, I know part of our ministry as grandparents is just loving on those grandkids. And so what do grandparents do when they get together? Have a lot of fun, all right? So we're going to have a lot of fun share a lot of stories. And so this morning, we're going to start a new series on the Holy Spirit. I want to say that over my 43 years in ministry, probably the one area that I probably have been the most passionate about is the, is the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And I want to be honest, it's a, it's a continuing process. You never get there. You just continue to learn. I shared one day when I was doing Super Summer with the 6th and 7th graders, one day we, went, we got to talk about the Holy Spirit. And it's amazing how God will speak through everyone about the Holy Spirit. And so I heard things from the 6th and 7th graders that I had never thought about. So I want to encourage you to share your thoughts, your insights. This morning after the 8 o'clock service, several people stopped me with a thought. And so I want, to, I want to absorb everything that you have. If God gives you a thought, man, I would love, love to hear it. So be, please uh, share that if you can. And so one of the thoughts on the Holy Spirit, as we're studying the Holy Spirit, is back to this idea of true love seeks union. You know, because God is love, one of the things on his heart is coming together and having an intimate relationship. True love seeks union, and because God is love and God made us to want to be loved, I just want to say one of the greatest things in the world is experiencing that love relationship. And under the old covenant, as we've gone through the book of Hebrews, God was always at a distance because of the sin problem. So I just want to kind of go back as we think about God's desire to have an intimate love relationship with us. It's no wonder when Jesus was asked, what is the most important thing? He said it's to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. More than anything you're doing for God, God wants to have an intimate love relationship with you. And so as we think back to the very beginning, as God created Adam and Eve, I believe that he created Adam and Eve to have a love relationship. And so he created Adam and Eve. The Bible says he walked in the garden. He was able to communicate with them, and they were able to fellowship together. And I'm often reminded that he created Adam and Eve on the sixth day. So their very first full day on earth was the seventh day, which was the Sabbath. So their very first full day on earth, you know what they got to do? Just hang out with God just to rest and to, and to have a Sabbath rest and enjoy the Lord. But something happened in the garden. We know they disobeyed God, and that intimate fellowship they had was now separated because of sin. So sin always separates us from God. You say, why would God create Adam and Eve if he knew from the very beginning that they were going to sin? Because we know that the Bible says in Revelation that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. It did not catch God by surprise that Adam and Eve sinned. 
But God knew all along that he had a greater plan than even walking side by side with us. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. And so in the Old Covenant, as we talked about in the book of Hebrews, God still had a desire to be close to the people. Even though Adam and Eve sinned, that sin had separated man from God. The Bible says in Exodus 25, God said, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. The idea of a sanctuary was God's idea. Even though they were rebellious, a grumbling people, God still desired to have a relationship. And it was his heart to dwell among them. And they say the tabernacle was built right in the middle of the children of Israel. But even though it was built right in the middle of the children of Israel, only the Levites were able to go inside and minister to God on behalf of the people. And other than that, only the high priest could go in once a year. But sin always kept a distance between the people and God. Even though God wanted to build that tabernacle to be close to the people, there was always that sin problem that kept man at a distance. Again, only the high priest could go in, and only that once a year. But it was the heart of God to have a relationship with his people. After the tabernacle, they built a temple, which was a more permanent solution. But again, the temple, like the tabernacle, kept man at a distance. And so man was always kept at a distance. And even in the temple, only the high priest could go in the Holy of Holies, and that only once a year. But God still desired an intimate love relationship with us. And then we know that verse, maybe the most familiar verse of all, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, he gave. And so when Jesus was born, the Bible says that God took on human flesh, that God took on an earth suit. And so the, it says in Matthew 1 there, the angel said to Joseph, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being translated is God with us. So when Jesus walked this earth, God miraculously took on an earth suit. He took on human flesh because he wanted to live among us. He wanted to show up and reveal himself to us. And so if someone asked me, what is God like? How can I study the heart of God? If you study the life of Jesus, you'll know the heart of God. Because everything Jesus did is what God would do. The things that made Jesus sad is the things that make God sad. The things that Jesus was passionate about is what God is passionate about. So Jesus walked among us. I love what Paul says in Colossians 1.15, and this is out of the Amplified Bible, but it says he is the exact living image, the essential manifestation of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible. Again, if we want to know what God's like, we just study the life of Jesus. And so God was willing to come down, take on an earth suit. And I love how the Bible says when he chose the 12 disciples, he chose 12 that he might be with them. It's always the heart of God. True love always seeks union. And I just want you to know, as we go through this journey on the Holy Spirit, I want you to know how much God loves you, how much he desires an intimate relationship with you. Under the old covenant, we were always at a distance because of the sin problem, but because Jesus died and took care of the sin problem, we have the opportunity to have an intimate relationship with God. 
You know, there is that one story on the Mount of Transfiguration where the disciples got a glimpse of the Shekinah glory of God. If you remember, the Bible says he took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. It says his clothes became white, and the Bible says they literally saw the Shekinah glory of God. And I would be like Peter. Remember what Peter said? God, let's stay up here. It's good to stay up here. Let's build three tabernacles. Let's just hang out up here. But obviously that wasn't God's will. But for that brief moment, they saw the Shekinah glory of God. But when Jesus walked in an earth suit, again, not everybody who saw Jesus saw God. But there were those people, like the sinful woman who came and anointed his feet. She understood the holiness of God. And hopefully as we go through this journey, we'll all discover the holiness of God. As Jesus came near the end of his ministry, he began to talk about God's plan, not only to walk side by side with us, but God's ultimate plan of allowing his spirit to come and live inside of us. And again, if you think back to the old covenant where man was always at a distance, it's amazing to think that God would walk side by side with us, but how unbelievable it is to the human mind that God would love you so much that he wanted to come and take up a residence in your earth suit. He wanted his spirit, who the Bible says knows the deep things of God, he wanted to allow his spirit to come and live inside of us. That's amazing. You know, I appreciate Nick here. Got to know, I've been getting to know Nick more and more. Love this guy. Nick, would you agree I only know about you what you've let me know about you? I don't really know every deep, dark thought you've had. What would happen if I could take your spirit out of you that knows everything about you, everything you've done, everything you've thought about doing, every evil thought? If I could take your spirit out of you and put it in me for one day, I would know you inside and out. Would you trust me to allow your spirit to come and live inside of me? It would be weird. It would be weird. I just want to be honest with you. I wouldn't give you my spirit, brother. I mean, I love you. I love you. I just wouldn't want you to know me that well. But think about this. God wants you to know him so much that he's taking his spirit that knows everything about him. He's allowing his spirit to come and live inside of us so that we can know the deep things of God. I just want to remind you, you are special to God. God loves you. God desires an intimate relationship, and more intimate than him walking in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve is him coming to take up residence in these earth suits. So he says to him there in John 14 to 16, he talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. And one of the things he says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him. Jesus is saying to the disciples, God has a much better plan than walking side by side. When Jesus was on this earth and he limited himself to an earth suit, he could only be in one place at one time. But now that he's ascended into heaven and sent his spirit, now his spirit can be everywhere. I can enjoy God as much as you can enjoy God. We all can enjoy God because we've experienced his spirit. So on the day of Pentecost, and if you go to Israel, they'll take you to this room perhaps, saying this is where it might have been, where the, the day of Pentecost came. We really don't know for sure, but let's put some people in there. These are the disciples. How many of you recognize the disciples there? So I just put them in there. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, after being together for 10 days, 
And by the way, to me, one of the greatest miracles of Pentecost is that you had 120 people in the same room for 10 days, and they were still in one place in one accord. That is a miracle, my friend. But on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down, the Holy Spirit that filled Jesus. The Bible says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The same Spirit that filled Jesus when he walked this earth now lives inside of us as believers. One of my greatest thrills really has been to discover the person of the Holy Spirit inside of me. And I've been told many times through the years not to overemphasize the Holy Spirit. I mean, by, by good, solid people, they said, don't overemphasize the Holy Spirit. I, I want to go on record as saying, I think it's impossible to overemphasize the Holy Spirit. If, if we believe God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, you cannot overemphasize God, whether it's the Father, the Son, or the Spirit. Now, I think it's possible to overemphasize an experience of the Spirit or maybe a gift of the Spirit, but how can you overemphasize God? And he's the part of God that lives with us. Why would we not want to get to know God and know the heart of God and just be able to get to know God in that intimate way? And somebody says, well, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know God apart from the Spirit. I believe the Bible says it's impossible to know God apart from the Spirit. It's he that reveals God to us. And so I've kind of designed it, and there's a lot of ways to design it. There's a lot of great ways to design it. But I designed it, our bodies, as kind of a baseball, if you will. But 1 Thessalonians 5, let's read that together. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. So the Bible says, in essence, we're made up of a spirit, a soul, and a body. All right? Our spirit, I believe, is the part that connects to God. We all have a soul, which I call a control room. Inside the soul, I have our mind, our emotions, our will. You know, you have a control room. Every day, you make hundreds and hundreds of decisions. From when you get up to what you do, what you eat. You know, your, your life has a control room, and I believe that's your soul. But we also have a body, an earth suit. And in our earth suit, as long as we're on earth, we got to have an earth suit. But you can't take your earth suit to heaven. All right? Now, some of you will be disappointed because you like your earth suit, but most of us are glad to trade this thing in. All right? But my earth suit is wearing out, but as long as I'm on earth, I got to have an earth suit. But again, the Bible says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You can't take your earth suit to heaven. Somebody says, well, what do we look like in heaven? This may disappoint some of you, but I think your spirit looks like you, looks like your earth suit. Because you remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16? They both died, and the very next verse says that in Hades, the rich man lifted up his eyes and saw Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. I believe we're going to recognize our loved ones in heaven. I think we're going to know people in heaven. So your spirit looks like your earth suit, all right? And so, but again, we have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. So let's kind of confess together. Some people say, well, we're, earth, we're earthlings that have a spirit. I think it's just the opposite. I think we're a spirit being that lives in an earth suit. Let's say together, I am a spirit. I have a soul, a control room, I live in a body, an earth suit. All right, let's say it one more time. I am a spirit. I have a soul, a control room. 
I live in a body, an earth suit. And the way I illustrate it, again, I'm very visual, and so I like to visualize. How can you visualize that? And I think of a spacesuit, all right? If you saw an astronaut in a spacesuit, how many of you would look at the spacesuit and say, that's the astronaut? Well, we wouldn't do that because we know that the spacesuit is just the spacesuit. When you're looking at Roger Johnson today, you're looking at my earth suit. I just want you to know the real Roger is on the inside. One day this earth suit will wear out. One day I will eject out of this earth suit. And one day you may hear that Roger Johnson has died. Don't believe it. Just know that I ejected out of my earth suit. Our spirit goes on to live with the Lord. But inside of the spacesuit is the astronaut. In the same way, inside of you, inside of Nick, I'm looking at his earth suit. But inside is the real Nick in his spirit. All right? And so if we kind of take that a step farther, if we were to see an astronaut walking in space, and they tell me that you got to have a spacesuit if you're going to be out in space. You cannot exist in space without a spacesuit. I want to say in the same way, while we're on Earth, we got to have an Earth suit. God designed the Earth suit that as long as we're on Earth, we got to have an Earth suit. But when the astronaut comes back to Earth, he no longer needs the spacesuit. So he takes the spacesuit off. And if you were walking by and saw an empty spacesuit, you wouldn't say, Oh my gosh, he's dead. No, you'd say he got out of the spacesuit. In the same way, one day we're all going to step out of these earth suits. These earth suits are just temporary. They're wearing out. How many of you know the older we get, the more our earth suit wears out? I think you ought to take care of your earth suit. I think you ought to eat tree bark, whatever it is that you need to eat to keep your healthy. You need to exercise. But one day, even though we take care of these bodies, one day they're wearing out. But your spirit is eternal. Your spirit's going to live forever. I love how James 2, I share this sometimes at a funeral. The last verse of James 2 says, the body without the spirit is dead. What we call death is just merely the person stepping out of their earth suit. Love this picture of a believer who dies and is welcomed into God's presence. And I love how the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. One day when we step out of our earth suit, that very next instant, we're going to be in the presence of God. That's, that's pretty exciting. So how do we get to know our spirit? Well, James says in James 1, he compares a mirror to the Bible. How many of you looked in a mirror today before you came to church? How many of you are glad everybody looked in a mirror? I mean, we look better. But when you get up, how many of you trust the mirror? You get up and you go in front of the mirror. Now, you may feel like a million dollars and the mirror says to you, you've got a couple antennas going on. You, you need some body putty. You need some work. But if you're like me, you do so much, and finally the mirror says, that's all we can do without surgery. You have to go. But how many of you trust the mirror? You know, we, we trust the mirror to reflect what our earth suit looks like. And we try to adjust accordingly. In the same way, James says, when you look into the perfect law of liberty, when you look into God's word, it reflects who you are spiritually. And just like you wouldn't walk away from a mirror without trying to do everything the mirror tells you you need to do, in the same way, James says, when you look into the, the perfect law of liberty, trust what God says about your spirit. So how we discover our spirit is by looking into God's word and spending time in God's word. And so part of your notes, on one half of your notes, you'll have this, 
I call this a BC, before Christ. I believe every lost person has a soul. They have a mind, they have emotions, and they make decisions every day. Every lost person has an earth suit. And our earth suit is basically our communication, our mouth, what we touch, what we see, what we smell, what we hear. So while we're on earth, we communicate to each other through our earth suit. If you want to look happy, how do you look happy to other people? If you want to look sad, how many of you can look sad? How many of you know when your spouse is angry? I mean, you communicate that through your earth suit, all right? And so we all have an earth suit. A lost person has an earth suit, but their spirit is disconnected from God. A lost person, again, will look like a Christian on the outside because we all have earth suits. We all make decisions. They make decisions. We make decisions. But I see that a lost person is disconnected in their spirit from God. Remember what Paul said to the church at Ephesus here? You who made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. Now they weren't physically dead, but they were dead in the sense they were separated from God. Remember what he said to Adam and Eve? The day that you eat this, you're going to die. Now they didn't die physically because they were still alive, but they died spiritually. So a lost person is disconnected in their spirit with God. Well, what does it mean to invite Christ into our life? I asked the 6th and 7th graders a few weeks ago, when you invite Christ into your life, where does he come? Guess what you think they said? He comes in our heart. Because that's what we've taught, invite Jesus into your heart. Now, he doesn't come into our physical heart, you guys know that. Not our physical heart, but that word heart means our innermost being. So when we invite Christ into our life, more technically, he comes into our spirit. So here's what happens. I want you to get a visual image of this. When a lost person invites Christ into their life, this is what happens. His spirit comes into our spirit, and we become united with God. Something radical happens when God's spirit comes inside of our spirit. I love what Paul says here in Corinthians. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. That is unbelievable when you think about, again, true love-seeking union, that God went from being side-by-side side with man, God being in the tabernacle at a distance from man, that God showing up in an earth suit in Jesus and walking side-by-side side with man. Who would have ever dreamed in the heart of God he would love us so much that he would want to come and take up residence in these earth suits? That really is amazing, that God would love you so much that he would let his spirit come to live inside of you. And let me give you a couple of scriptures here. In 2 Corinthians 5, Paul says, we're a totally new creation as a Christian. How many of you have ever said to somebody, if you invite Christ into your life, you'll become a new creation? Well, let me ask you, when I got saved, I was 13 years old, I was skinny, and I had acne. When I got up after inviting Christ into my life, I was skinny, and I still had acne. I was not a new creature, creation in my earth suit. How many of you have ever seen, I mean, we've seen hundreds of people except Christ. And the same person that kneels down is the same person that gets up. You don't become a new creation in your earth suit. You still have an earth suit that's going to eventually wear out. You don't become a new creation in your soul. Now, I think there are some changes in your mind, your emotions, and your will. But, you know, before I got saved, I did not understand calculus. After I got saved, I still didn't understand calculus. Before I got saved, I was afraid of heights. 
After I got saved, I was still afraid of heights. Before I got saved, I had a fear of public speaking. After I got saved, I still had a fear of public speaking. I did not become a new creation in my soul. Now, my soul is a work in progress, but that's not where I became a new creation. The part of us that radically changed was our dead spirit that was disconnected with God. Now, all of a sudden, our spirit and his spirit are one spirit. Can I tell you, that is a radical change. God took us from a point of separation, and he united us together with his spirit. That's how, by the way, we can be on earth in our earth suit, and yet the Bible says in Ephesians 1, we're seated in the heavenlies. I, that used to make no sense. How could we be seated in the heavenlies and still be on earth? Well, if we understand body, soul, and spirit, even though we're on earth in an earth suit, our spirit is one with God. That you are one with God. All right? So I love it says in Colossians 2.10, you are complete in him. Let me again say, is my earth suit complete now that I've become a Christian? No. My earth suit is still wearing out. Is my soul complete? Am I always thinking the right thing, always have the right emotion, always making the right decision? No. So that part of me is not complete. It's a work in progress. But there's only one part of us that's 100% complete when we invite Christ into our life, and that's our spirit. If our spirit and his spirit are one, that part of us is 100% complete. By the way, when you hear the phrase in Christ or in him, I think that's always talking about in the spirit realm. I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. I was always told that we need to have Christ in us. And we do need to have Christ in us. But for every verse you can show me in the Bible that talks about having Christ in us, and that is important, I can show you 15 verses that talk about being in Christ. You know, I just want to be honest and transparent, and I, it was probably taught in the church I grew up, but I slept through a lot of services. I played connect the dots. I didn't always listen. But sometimes we have failed to understand what we have in Christ. What means to be connected to God in the spirit realm? Francis Chan wrote a book called The Forgotten God. You know, the part of God that sometimes we neglect the most is the part of God that lives inside of us, and that's his spirit. All right? I love what it says in Galatians 3. Paul says, in Christ, there's neither male or female, there's neither Jew or Greek, there's neither slave or free. We're all one. Now, let me ask you, in the natural realm, are there male and female? Everybody nod yes. There are male and female in the natural realm. Is our souls different? How many of you know men and women think differently? Everybody nod. You know, the, the book they wrote, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. How many of you know that you and your spouse don't always think alike? If you both think alike, one of you is unnecessary, all right? So anyway, we think differently. So in, in the soulish realm... We're different. So where are we completely united together? I believe that's in the spirit. And this is pretty exciting to me to know that in the spirit realm, God doesn't look down and see a male or a female or a Jew or a Greek or a slave or free. In the spirit realm, we are completely one in God's eyes. You talk about exciting. You talk about liberating to know that you're completely one with God. Because people will come to me and they'll say, Pastor, would you pray for me? You're closer to God than I am. That's not true. If you're one with God and I'm one with God, we're equally close to God. You have all the access of heaven available to you. 
And so it's kind of a wow moment. Everybody say wow. 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 You're the most energetic wow I've had all day, David. Anyway, when it really dawns on you that Almighty God loves you so much that He wants to come and take up residence in your earth suit, it really is mind-boggling. Again, when you go back to the old covenant where man was always at a distance because of the sin problem, but because of Jesus' death and Him taking care of the sin problem, God not only wants to come down and be among us, he wants to come and live inside of us. It really is amazing. And so this is a saying that I have inside of uh, one of my Bibles. Let's say it together. Closer to God, I cannot be, for in the Spirit, I am as close as He. You cannot be closer to God. You absolutely could not be closer to God. If your spirit and His Spirit are one spirit, you are always connected to God. All right, and so the spirit, God's spirit and our spirit become one. That part of us, I believe, is 100% complete. You're not going to get better in the spirit realm if God's spirit and your spirit are one. I believe our soul is in the process of becoming more like Jesus. So as you grow, your mind, your emotions, your will, your decision-making should be becoming more like Jesus. But our earth suit is wearing out. So your three parts, your spirit, I believe it's 100% perfect. Your soul is in the process of becoming more like Jesus, but your earth suit, and even though we should take care of our earth suit, our earth suits are wearing out, all right? Let me give you some examples here. We're gonna close with some examples. Let's take these parents and their two children, and all of them have accepted Christ. They've all invited Christ into their life. Now, in the natural realm, do, do parents and children have a different role in the home? All right, so children have a responsibility to obey their parents, all right? Even though they're, they're one in God's eyes, still in the natural realm, they have different responsibilities. Do men and women think differently? How many of you think this husband and wife probably think differently? All right, they probably think differently. So in the natural realm, in the earth suit, they're different. Their soul realm, they think different. But where are they completely one? Where are they totally equal? In the spirit realm, can I ask you, are these children, do they have as much right to God as the parents? Yeah. Absolutely. I don't want you to ever feel like that a pastor has more clout with God than you do. It's not true. I mean, you're as close to God as I am. I mean, you're 100% connected to God. All the resources of heaven are at your disposal in the spirit realm. Amen. Let me give you another example. Let's take uh, five different denominations. We got a Methodist, got a Lutheran, got a Catholic, got a Baptist, got a Charismatic. If all five of these are born again, they've all accepted Christ into their life, how many of you think they probably worship differently? Yeah. In the natural realm, how many of you think they probably have different concepts of, of, of the Bible? Probably true, they think differently. But where are all five of these completely united together? In the Spirit. They could not be closer together. And by the way, I say to people, you know, some people say, and I know a lot of times we, we pump up denomination. I'm not a denominational person. I think it's okay to be Baptist, but I want to tell you, if I wasn't Baptist, I'd be Methodist, Lutheran, I'd be something. But more than anything, I want to be a Christian. I want to walk with God. And I tell people, some people are going to get disappointed when they get to heaven and find out God's not Baptist. If God was anything, he showed up on this earth as a Jew. I just want to tell you, in the spirit realm, we are united together. 
There used to be an old chorus we used to sing, we are one in the Spirit. That really is true. In the Spirit realm, we could not be more united. Even though in our earth suit we may have differences, in the Spirit realm we are completely equal. My third uh, illustration here, got seven different people, got a Jewish rabbi over here. We've got Mother Teresa down the bottom right, a teenager, Billy Graham, a homeless lady, a Baptist pastor, somebody in prison. Now in the natural realm, all seven of these are very, very different. They're going to think differently, they're going to operate differently, but where are all seven of these completely one in the spirit realm? I just want to remind you that God loves you. That God has made all the resources of heaven available to you in the spirit realm. And so all seven of these are completely equal to God. My last illustration, this one I used, it's uh, St. Louis Project. If you have Ty here, who's a young uh, youth as a Christian, he's over at church up here on the upper left. He's at home on the bottom left. He's with his friends in the bottom middle. He's out camping on the bottom right, and he's at school on the top right. Let me ask you, where is Ty closer to God? No difference. If you're connected to God 100% in the spirit realm, I just want you to know wherever you go this week, you're equally close to God. If his spirit and your spirit are one spirit, literally, no matter where you are, you're equal with God. Have you ever heard anybody say, and by the way, I like to go to the lake, all right? And I've even said to people, man, I just really enjoy worshiping God. Have you ever heard somebody say, man, I can be closer to God out at the lake? Some people say the opposite, I can be closer to God at church. Somehow when I come to church, I feel closer to God. And that may be true, but where are you closer to God? You're equally close everywhere. Because if his spirit and your spirit are one spirit, there's nowhere you go that you do not have the presence of God in your life. How crazy is it that we haven't taught young people how to walk in the spirit? Paul said, if you just learn to walk in the Spirit, you will not overcome the flesh. It's not about trying harder. It's not about being a better person. It's learning to tap into the Holy Spirit, learning to walk in the Holy Spirit and trust Him. So over the next eight weeks or so, we're going to be talking about how do we live in the Spirit? How do we tap into the Spirit, this resource that God has given us? I hope it's one of the greatest journeys of your life as you discover God's love for you and to tap into all those resources of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. If you're here this morning and maybe you're not sure whether or not you've truly trusted Christ as your Savior, maybe you're watching by way of stream, if you just feel a tug in your heart and you're not sure that your spirit has been united with God's spirit, I just want to remind you that Jesus died for you. And I believe the Bible teaches that if we ask him to forgive us and to come into our life, that he will honor that. And so if you're here this morning and you just feel that tug in your heart or you're watching by way of stream, right where you are, you can acknowledge that Jesus died for you, asking to forgive you and to come into your life. And I believe he will honor that. If you're here this morning as a Christian, I just hope that you'll thank God for loving you enough to allow His Spirit to come and live inside of you. Would you ask God to fill you with His Spirit, that His presence would just saturate your soul 
that it would affect your thinking, your emotions, your decision-making, that His Spirit, like a river of living water, would just spill out everywhere you go. Let's stand together as we have just a moment of invitation. If you're here this morning and you prayed to invite Christ into your life, you may want to just slip out and come, say, I prayed that prayer. We just want to rejoice with you. If you're here and you're visiting and this is where God is leading you to plug in and officially become a member, we invite you to come. Maybe just have something that you want us to pray with or pray for. We would love to do that. Let's take just a moment as the piano plays softly. Would you just, again, just let God love on you and remind you how special you are to Him. That He loved you enough that He wanted to come and live inside of you. close out with a song again I just want to say to everybody I welcome any thoughts if you have a just something God gave you I would love to receive it as we take this journey together let's pray we're going to close out with a song father thank you for my brothers and sisters I thank you that that we truly are one in the spirit that we can father celebrate that unity with you with each other and I ask you to fill us empower us with your spirit as we walk through our week that, Lord, that river of living water would truly spill out everywhere we go. So fill us, empower us, help us to experience your love. In Jesus' name, amen.